Welcome to Another Day, Another Adventure, a podcast dedicated to watching every episode of Dragon Ball ever. I'm your host, Colton, and with me is my co-host, Sakaki. How's it going, buddy? Yo, it's going good. I, I think that's a good enough tagline for the podcast. I was really struggling to come up with something that kind of sounded halfway decent. Um, because it's not, it's not, we're not, uh, you know, it's not wrong. We are dedicated to watching every episode of Dragon Ball ever. I should say the Dragon Ball franchise because uh, we, the, the goal of this podcast, as we have, you know, talked about on the last two episodes, is that, uh, you know, we want to, we literally want to watch every, every series, every movie, everything. Because I want to be a completionist. I want to be a real Dragon Ball fan and not just stick with the manga. You know, like a, like a real fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's, there's, there's no such thing as a real fan. I'm lying. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, we are currently going through the first 153 episodes of the original Dragon Ball anime. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about episodes two and three in particular. I promise once we like once we actually like move on further with the show that like we'll probably cover more in one sitting but like I'm I'm kind of okay with covering like itty bitty segments of this first arc for a little bit so you know it gives us enough to talk about but not like too much you know Yeah and it's the beginning so we should probably you know flesh out our thoughts a bit more than before we start hitting like actual arcs in the show once we get to, like, longer arcs, then, like, yeah, we'll probably want to cover more in one sitting. But for now, I'm okay with taking small little baby steps. Right, right. But, yeah, I'm I'm excited to do this again. Uh, Sakaki, h- h- how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I actually just watched the episodes earlier this morning, so I, I made sure that, you know, it wasn't a thing that I watched it several days ago that I'm, like, struggling to figure out what I want to say. So that was a good idea, and that probably will be to practice for me we're recording is watching right before we record that's good that's good i guess we might as well just like get on with it here uh talking about episode two um this is the part of dragon ball where it becomes an odd couple sitcom slice of life thing yeah and you know watching it again now made me realize how much i appreciate that honestly (laughs) (laughs) it like well, I don't. I don't want to say it, it's never like that again because I don't know about Dragon Ball, but I know Z has its like, you know, like very small moments of slice of life. Um, I am very much looking forward to the day where we talk about the driver's uh, driver's oh license episode of Dragon Ball Z, <laughs> uh, aka probably the best episode of the show. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was just it was just kind of nice. Like I don't know, like. Maybe other people feel differently about this kind of thing, but, like, I know some people aren't really, like, huge fans of the whole, like, fish-out-of-water shtick when it comes to some shows or movies or whatever. But I don't know, like, I I think part of the reason I really like early Dragon Ball is I just, I like seeing Goku's reaction to, like, things that are normal to us because this, this kid has been mostly living by himself you know, up in the woods with, like, no, like, frame of reference for, like, what gender is, what, like, what, 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 like, the city is like, what, like, technology is, and it's just, I, I genuinely like uh, these two episodes here as far as that goes. Like, I, I really genuinely like moments where, you know, Goku witnesses Bulma make a house appear out of nowhere. (laughs) Um, which, which you know, that that kind of thing is kind of neat because it's like obviously that kind of technology doesn't exist in like our world, 
So, like, that's one of the few things that Goku gets to witness where, like, we're just as surprised as he is. And I, I kind of like that on some level. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I enjoy the fact that we're kind of learning more about the world along with Goku in these episodes. Because, like, we, we don't, like, we of course, there's the modern stuff that we have in this world. Like television. Yeah, television and all of that stuff. But then, yeah, as you just said, like, the capsules and all of these other things that we don't have. And we're just as surprised as him. I also just kind of like Bulma and Goku just have this really good chemistry with each other, too, where it's like when she makes the house and everything and she's like he's uh, amazed at everything. She kind of plays a joke on him and like turns on a TV and he freaks out. (laughs) So it's little moments like those like you you realize they're both just kids. Yeah, they're both they're both pretty young. You know, they're both like teenagers or I guess an early teen as as we find out with Goku. Um, this is the thing that I think confuses a lot of people because, like, we have that scene with him watching Bulma bathe or whatever, and, you know, he says that he's 14, but not to give too much away, but we find out that, you know, that's not necessarily true, that he's actually, like, 12 years old, so there's that, um, I, 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 I hate to give it away for anybody who's watching it for the first time, but, uh. That's uh, that's 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 kind of a thing that Toriyama retcons later on. Yeah, yeah, and you, it definitely feels like a kind of thing where like maybe Toriyama did mean for him to be fourteen, and then like later on thought better of it or thought differently and just said, "Nah, he's 12. <laughs> just the way it was kind of handled. Honestly, I think I think that that makes more sense to me visually because Goku's a very short little boy. Yeah, and I, I could I could see twelve year olds being that short. Yeah, yeah, that's what, I mean, at least whenever I've watched, when I've watched this in the past, that's what I always kind of figured that, like, yeah, Toriyama's, like, 14, but then, like, oh, maybe he did think about it later, they had this whole master plan of Goku growing up, and but he was like, okay, I, like, I need him to be 12 for this to work, I, I mean, I don't know, but it, it just, it's, it's, it's a very small detail, it's not like it wrecks the story or wrecks the timeline in any way, and the way it's handled later without, again, giving away too much, I mean, honestly, even if I were to just say it's just Goku just finds out, you know, later. He's like, oh, yeah, I did my math wrong. I'm 12. And that's that's it. (laughs) It's really just kind of a throwaway moment. And I think it's the fact that it is handled as a throwaway moment instead of like this whole thing. It helps keep it from being like, oh, wait, now I got to redo the whole DB timeline thing because of this little thing. It's just a little. And with Goku's character, it works, too, because he I could totally imagine him just like being kind of like. I mean, he's been living alone and he doesn't have that same info. He doesn't have somebody to inform a lot of what we are as people's other people informing us like, huh, you have a weird laugh or you look funny when you do this. But Goku didn't have any of that. So I can imagine him just like every day just living his life, not really thinking about, wait, today's my birthday. (laughs) It isn't until like later on when we get to it that like Roshi has to like teach him like basic stuff like the alphabet and and numbers and how to add and subtract and that's how he uh, that's how he finally finds out oh yeah th- i'm i'm this many years old or whatever <laughs> you know but uh i don't know I, I guess just like um i i have like a lot of little like touches written down in my notes that uh, i i don't want to i don't know if i want to like bog down the show too much with a lot of those but like there there was one bit uh, that i kind of I kind of appreciated where, you know, because we we also find out that Goku doesn't even know what a bath is, which is amazingly (laughs) gross. Um, (laughs) And Bulma has to literally give this small child a bath 
which I'm glad isn't too awkward for her. Um, and this is where she finds out that, like, he has a tail and everything, and she literally, like, questions her entire understanding of the of the male <laughs> yes, anatomy. Yes, I love like, that moment. Do, do, do boys have tails? If, if I have, has, has sex said, talk me wrong. <laughs> I love that moment, too. Like, again, it, it just goes back to the fact that these two are just really just kids, like, and you know in anime you have it where they're like they the characters will state their age and they'll look an age and everything like that but they act like adults but yeah like but bulma actually looks like she's 16 she looks like she's 16 and just goku just being like yeah no dudes have tails that's just that's just how it works and her just believing it despite being being like this genius who built like a dragon radar and everything but that one thing she's like oh wait really yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but also Goku thinks that Bulma's breasts are just another butt, which is always a funny thing. <laughs> and I like that in, in the moment that she was like, men like it too. And then Goku just, I, I like how he just guilelessly say, nah, I don't like him though. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like butts. Why do you like butts? You, you know, poop comes out of those, right? <laughs> and that's, that's another source of humor that Goku is just guilelessly Goku. He doesn't hold back in his thoughts or anything like that like he just says what's exactly what's on his mind yeah that is pretty great um but but the 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 thing i wanted to like bring up like specifically is we do get a shot of like his tail and there's some like very like kind of i don't know how you would describe it as anything other than like very alien music playing like a wee wee kind (laughs) of it's 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 just it's just very interesting that little touch considering we we find out about Goku's origins later as as an alien. <laughs> I mean, look, I'm I'm sure when this was animated, we were nowhere near Z yet. Um, yeah. But uh, and and I'll, I'll bring this up when we get back when we actually get to it. But there is a moment later on where even Oolong is like, "Are you an alien or something?" Oh right, right. I do I do remember that. I really want to believe that like Toriyama actually like went back to reread some of his own manga and he saw that he added that moment of dialogue in there and thought. Wait, what if Goku was an alien? <laughs> That's how I can make this go on for another, I don't know, five years or so. I wouldn't be surprised with Toriyama at all, where it's just a thing where it's just like, yeah, you know, yeah, I could do, I could, I could get alien out of this. That That is my headcanon and nobody can change it. <laughs> Toriyama has a way of writing where it is like he just leaves a lot to the imagination and like he'll re- he'll address things but I believe we have talked about it before but he has like his artwork and the way he approaches the storytelling with this bombast is just like even though you know it is that it is that meme that Jojo meme where it's like it's bullshit but I believe it <laughs> <laughs> but and it's just he just really does approach the story in a way where it's just like I don't mind that I know this is this doesn't make sense but it's still fun so but yeah that 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 I, I, I could I can imagine that and I almost want to believe at some point that Oolong is like whoa I was right I don't remember if that's a thing I don't think so, because, like, obviously there's a point where Oolong and the rest of the secondary cast are kind of sidelined and we never see them again. Fair. I mean, that that would be really great. <laughs> that would be really great if, like, that, that does happen, because then, obviously, fans are going to be like, oh, he planned this all along, see? Ah, <laughs> uh, you gotta love the fandom. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, look, you, you can't, you cannot sit there and tell me that if that moment did exist, that like there'd be like at least like fifteen video essays on how 
on how Toriyama plan- planned out Goku being an alien from the very beginning. No, I mean, I, I could totally believe it. Like, in this age where people make a video about, like, a page and a book and how it, <laughs> how it like, uh, it supports their theory that the author is this or that or approaches this or that, I, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised. Can you imagine, though, for a second, Colton, if Dragon Ball were airing right now? Just, like, uh, the, yeah. the, right now, just for, like, I mean, besides all of the, you know, the, some of the humor being really, you know, derided or anything like that. I mean, obviously, mm, well, we'll, we'll we'll get we'll get to that. Yeah, but obviously, things would be probably different in that sense too. Like, I'm talking about right now. If Dragon Ball, the manga and the anime were just running as like a weekly thing, just like the different videos and everything, like, and especially there probably wouldn't even be videos yet because like everybody only talks about Z. <laughs> So at this point, it would just probably be a point where people are watching it. You have a couple of people watching it because I was discussing this with another friend this morning after I watched the episodes, which is like, it would be really interesting to think about people looking at watching Dragon Ball, these two episodes in particular, and then thinking it would end up with what we got in Z. I, I just can't think that anybody would have made that logical leap that, okay, a banter between these two teenagers you know uh, a, a country bumpkin who doesn't even know what breasts are <laughs> and then saving the universe from an you know alien race which boo is best and all of that stuff you know <laughs> i mean look uh you could probably say the same thing about one piece and how like this this story about a kid with rubber powers like if you were to tell me like oh this is gonna turn into like a like a game of thrones-esque story later on like you know, fighting all these other factions of pirates and forming these ally ships and whatnot. I mean, true. You know, d- true. I look. I, I, I pro- I'd be like, really? Huh? Okay. <laughs> true. Um, I guess I, I guess I could kind of see that. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I guess we could just move on to some of the peel off stuff, which I think. Um, the, the, I guess this this might be like maybe one of the things I have, like, the most thoughts on, because, like, uh, and keep in mind, obviously, this is not my first time trying to go through the Dragon Ball anime. I've done so at least once or twice. This is gonna be the time where I hopefully just watch it all the way through, finally. But, like, the first time I went through the Dragon Ball anime, I was very turned off by a lot of this extra peel-off stuff, because I was of, I was of the mindset that, like, I don't want any filler in my anime. I just want to get to the manga stuff. And, like, I, I didn't like any kind of filler whatsoever. Uh, manga master race people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like I'm kind of coming around on the peel-off stuff. Like, honestly, I'm starting to become of the opinion that, like, I think it's okay for, for the show to, like, to, to, to use these characters earlier on. And, like, I, I think you can get good comedy out of them. Like they 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 make for a nice like sort of B plot to the show almost like like oh you know like Goku and Bulma aren't just searching for these Dragon Balls or whatever but like ooh they you have this like Team Rocket esque looming threat that's always like chasing after them but is always like one step short you know yeah no I kind of and it kind of goes well with what you said about it being sort of a sitcom with the B plot. You know, you have the Goku and Bulma A plot, and then you have uh, Pilaf as the B plot. So they kind of really make sense. And yeah, I, I've always been like, 
when it comes to Toei filler, I'm always been it's always hit or miss. And a lot of times, I will say, generally speaking, they kind of they do they do hit a little bit more than miss. And I feel like with peel off, uh, shoe and my, like definitely it's a bit better this summer. It, it's they they're kind of getting more into their characters, and it makes sense for them to be kind of like in the background rather than oh they just suddenly appear. Like, oh, you know, now they're getting to Dragon Balls now. Oh, here's a bad guy. But if we've been kind of seeing them on the outskirts, seeing what they're up to as it comes along. So then, granted, it takes away from the surprise of the reveal. But I feel like it's much more rewarding, especially since they are they are kind of they are really likable. You know, they are kind of the bumbly villains that you just can't you just can't hate them. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's like I said, like they're kind of Team Rocket before Team Rocket, quite honestly. Yeah. Although I I still I'm still of the opinion that it would I think it would have made for a better surprise if like it were just Shu and Mai maybe like you know whether purposefully or not you know maybe following Goku and Bulma maybe trying constantly trying to get the Dragon Balls that uh, that you know that they're finding and always failing and maybe having to report back to like a, a menacing figure and then it turns out like oh it's just this this little guy named Pilaf. <laughs> I I I think I think that would have made for a good like maybe Toriyama style reveal, but I I I think so far because like I said, I I cannot tell you like how much I was not a fan of some of this extra stuff. Like I I think at one point I even thought like man, these guys are like really immature or whatever. But it's like that's kind of Toriyama's bread and butter, honestly. Like. I think this was before, like, I had ever read any Dr. Slump or, like, I ever really, like, explored Toriyama's works outside of Dragon Ball. And I, and I start to become a little more acquainted with, like, what he's all about. And, he, and he's all about the, some sometimes, most of the time, he's all about the very juvenile humor. And uh, I'm not saying, you know, that has to necessarily hit with everybody. But, like, you know, like, this time around, I was laughing at, you know, Pilaf yelling at Shu for not getting uh for not finding the dragon balls or whatever and Pilaf farting and him blaming it on Shu to the point where he gets out a chainsaw and is gonna cut this dude in half if he doesn't take the fall for his fart. <laughs> like that's that's really funny. I, I just love that moment for the fact that he had to get up from this really long table, run past Shu, <laughs> hit the button for the arms to come out and grab Shu. I, I just like that whole sequence. Then I really got to put that button somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. You think? I was just thinking to myself, like, why not put it at the table? Like, you have to run past you. And at that point, it, it's just funny that Shu's just watching this. I, and I, I'm just thinking to myself, dude, this can't be the first time that he's had to press this button and reprimand you for something. So, like, you would think at that point she would be like, oh, shit, he's going for the button. Let me just take the fall or, or get the hell out of there. <laughs> but, like, he just watches this whole sequence and everything like that. And it's done in a way where it's like... It's not even meant to really be a joke, but it's funny. <laughs> I, I think that's a good joke on top of the escalation of the other joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think I think the escalation is what makes it really, really great. And also, um, I really had a hard time trying to choose like choose choose like an MVP in terms of the voice acting. But holy shit, I think Shigeru Chiba like really knocks it out of the park with Pilaf. Oh yeah, quite honestly. Chiba knocks out Chiba approach everything with the champion's mindset, honestly. <laughs> um, and I, I I think I think fifty percent of the Pilaf stuff does come from just just enjoying the voice act uh, the acting work of Chiba 
like he he really he really like puts 110% into this character. Yeah. Um uh, especially like during like his little like like little rant against Shu and, and and to the point where like he he like in he like elongates his words and everything and like I just I I I I love I love the way he voices Pilaf. Like I think that really makes him appreciate Pilaf a little bit more. この輝きはわしだけのものだ。残り6つも必ず yeah, no, I agree with that. Like again, Shigeru Chiba is just one of those voice actors. When when you see that he's going to be in the cast of something that that you know, or when I see that he's going to be the cast of something, I'm always at attention because he's just that good. You know, I love the fact that we have two One Piece villains in Pilaf. You know, Pilaf being Buggy and Shu being Kaido. So, oh, oh, is that is really? Yeah, it's Tesho Genda. Wow. Oh yeah, that is Tesho Genda, isn't yeah, it? So. Wow. <laughs> I, I just find that amazing. You know, he he's like like this little doggy that's that Pilaf's doggy. He's like Buggy's dog, but then in One Piece, it's like <laughs> completely the opposite. <laughs> so I, I always that I always find that's that kind of good. funny. So basically, at this point, like Mike comes in and is like, "Hey, uh, there might be a Dragon Ball in this like really dangerous valley full of like." dead bodies and like weird glowy things or whatever let's go <laughs> and then they and then they go there and i i i think this is i mean because look like I, I i understand also like why they want to take advantage of these other characters because like you know like like the actual main like manga story that they're pulling from here also isn't like it's not it's not super exciting just yet you know yeah because um, a lot of the stuff with Bulma and Goku spending the night in her home and then them having to carry the turtle back to Roshi and whatnot and then moving on from there, like, you know, it, it's it's fun, but it's not, like, exciting, you know? We, we, we also kind of need an excuse for, like, some more action set pieces, so, like, I totally understand, like, you know, why they would have, like, Mai and Shu run into Goku at the valley, like, when he's hunting for wolves and stuff. Honestly, I think that was probably, like, the best part of episode two in particular. Because there's just something about Goku just beating up on these wolves. He just, just so seamlessly, too. Like, he's not even breaking a sweat. Um, like, there, there's there's this also, there's this good moment where I think Mai's running away from one of the wolves. And you just see Goku just out of nowhere just, like, karate chop him <laughs> uh, from, from the other side of the frame. And, like, I really like the speed of that. Because it, it, he really just comes out of nowhere, like "fuck you," <laughs> just like chops him. It's so good. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I hadn't thought about it that way, but you're right in the fact that it is kind of like, and of course, as we've, I think we've stated before, the Dragon Ball chapters were always really kind of short. So that was another thing they had to content, they had to contend with because it was at first a gag manga, more or less. So. Maybe like 13 pages at most, possibly. Yeah, 13, 15, something like that. So, yeah, they had to contend with that. And, I mean, it is the kind of thing that if they were to remake Dragon Ball today, 
this would probably be i wouldn't be surprised if all of this that we're talking about would have been in episode one yeah like they they have all the but basically have episode two end with them going going after the next Dragon Ball after the big uh, panty reveal, you know, <laughs> or the like, no like, panty I, I think reveal. you could you could probably easily you could easily fit that into one episode, I think. Yeah, like everything that we've seen in these three episodes could be easily one, which that was something I kind of was thinking about as I was watching this is just like, you know, obviously they're pacing it way differently because back then the manga was still ongoing and they had to keep that into consideration. But now that it's done. Or even at this point, I feel like even if Dragon Ball were an ongoing manga right now, they'd still probably stuff all of these into one episode. Probably. You know, just to get to what you said, the more of the action set pieces. And I like the fact that, you know, thinking about Goku taking all these wolves and everything, it it, it once again establishes the, the fact that this is not just some normal kid. Of course, they got that in episode one, but it's just a reminder, hey, you know, he's pretty fast and pretty powerful for... You know, a kid that seems so naive and, well, dare I say, kind of cute. You know, he, he does seem like this cute little kid that could come and just whoop your ass without <sighs> breaking a sweat. And I and it, it establishes that while also bringing Goku to meet, you know, the other side. So both sides kind of cross over and it's done in a way where it's like it's not stepping on Cannon's toes. And because it's Goku by himself, like... The fact that Bulma isn't there, Bulma would probably like be like, if they saw them again, then it'd be like, wait, we saw you before or something like that. But if it's just Goku, I can imagine Goku just being like, oh, those weird people. I didn't really think too much of them, so I forgot them. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, this this is a really good way for that, like you said, for them to not step on canon too much. Like you could you could easily edit like if someone were to do like a fan edit of like oh, Dragon Ball without any filler or whatever. Like I think you could feasibly cut some of this Pilaf stuff out if you really wanted to. Yeah, like it's 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 not like when they did Kai and like you know te- technically. Uh, because I think there was a whole subplot on Namek where, like, Ginyu, as a frog, um, oh like, sw- switches bodies with Bulma, and that's, like, a whole big thing. And, like, that's that's so integrated into the canon that, like, they can't really cut that out completely. I remember I remember that still being a part of Kai. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, no, I know a subplot you're talking about. Yeah, so that's the kind of thing, like, you can't cut out without having to completely, like, redraw or reanimate certain things because it's it's so a part of the canon that it's, that's too hard to take out. Whereas, like, th- this stuff here, I think you you could if you really wanted to, which I think makes for, I think makes for good filler, personally. Like, I know sometimes people have a problem with filler where it's like, well, it doesn't really, like, impact the main story and it's a waste of time, but, like... This stuff in particular, I think it doesn't have to like it doesn't have to contribute too much to the overall plot. It could just be fun stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, right now, the overall plot is just find the Dragon Balls anyway, which is what. Yeah, the, the story is very simple right now, you know. Yeah. So this is the point where you would want to have a little bit. If you're going to have filler, you would have a little bit. I mean, I remember I at one point was like kind of anti not anti filler, but I was just kind of like <gasps> anti the anime doing anything different from the manga but nowadays which, which, I'm, I, which I'm yeah I'm sure we both both feel very differently at this point where it's like yeah. no I'm I'm very open to different interpretations please I don't want just the same thing please give me something different yeah I don't want a panel by panel re <laughs> readaption of the manga no cuz yeah, yeah. like like you know when it comes to adaptation like I st- I want the full story in there 
but like that that doesn't mean I I just I like I still want a different presentation at least you know yeah yeah of course and I mean as long as you're not like completely deviating and tell telling a different story with the characters or something then that's where I draw the line but if it's like oh yeah we're just adding a little flourish you know making it you know building upon what's there but in a way that's inoffensive to the original story because I mean obviously when something gets animated you want to see the story that you were reading when it gets animated you don't want to see something completely different you don't want to turn on the anime and it's like wait what they're the same characters i guess but this story isn't what i signed up for but at the same time when you're using that different medium you should utilize it exactly like i i think that's how anecdotally that's how i felt about my hero academia at first when the anime for that premiered like i enjoyed it but i was also like i've read this already like i'm not really getting much different here whereas nowadays the anime i think does a good job of uh of of building upon what's already there, yeah, a lot better than it did the fir- uh, when it first started. So yeah, I mean, I get the idea for that, not to deviate too much, but I get the idea is because My Hero Academia's anime was like uh, was in production really super early, so they probably didn't have a whole lot to work with. So probably that's why they just stuck to what was there already. Because it's like that's fair. Yeah, because yeah. if we deviate too much, and then Horikoshi does something completely different later, then it's like, oh damn, now we have a pr- issue. But now that they have more material to work with and they know what's ahead, they can be a little bit more like, okay, we can play around with this a little bit. Because definitely you see that in stuff. And in a perfect world, we would be able to get more anime of stuff after it's completed. (laughs) So then, yeah, but unfortunately, that's not the case. And understandably so, because you definitely see with stuff that has completed adaption, like the original material is already complete. Then you definitely see the animators being able to play around with how they tell the story. I mean, it's probably one of the reasons why, like, JoJo is as popular as it is, you know? Oh, yeah. Because they're able, the JoJo's over with. They're able to, like, take out some things, add some stuff, you know, re re um, interpret some things. Because they know the story's over, so it's not like, okay, shit, Laraki's going to do something different later, so we can't deviate too much. But just to kind of move on, so... Um, the, like the whole reason Goku like attacks Shu and Mai in the first place is because he he thinks their plane is a giant bird and he wants to eat it, <laughs> and then, and then w- once he like literally knocks it out of the sky and pokes it with the staff, he's just like, oh, it's not a bird. Well, <laughs> that's which is which is pretty good. Which I have a huge pro. I I get that Goku is a some kid who grew up in the woods, so like that's fine, whatever. But I have a huge problem with Goku. Wanting to eat a centipede over a nice, nice, freshly baked loaf of bread. I, I don't know. Something about that really just offended me on some level. <laughs> Colton the gourmet. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, why would you? I, centipede? Really? Like, <laughs> I know it's not like terribly uncommon to like cook and eat bugs or whatever. That's fine. But like, why would you? Why would you choose a bug over this nice, warm, fluffy bread. He said it tastes bad. <laughs> like, fuck you, Goku. Why <laughs> oh does it taste bad? Well, well, maybe sometimes bread can taste bad. I maybe if you like make it wrong or something. I don't know. Like, like, I don't. Maybe if it were like sourdough or something. I don't like sourdough bread. Oh, now this is the true Dragon Ball debate we need to have. What kind of bread <laughs> would Goku eat? If he had his choice of breads. <laughs> I don't think he would like sourdough I, I don't think so either. I, I I don't think he'd like anything overly sweet, honestly. We're having this conversation right now. This is what you came to listen to. <laughs> Maybe? 
Ah, but see, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if he would. I don't know if he would really like. Well, I don't. Maybe that's that's really tough. Maybe Goku would just be fine with just some white bread. I don't yeah, know. I, I feel like something. Eh, I feel like he's the kind of guy that does isn't too picky with what he likes to eat because I've never heard him. Up and other than I, I feel like a little bit of it here in this situation is that he, again he's a kid and kids are picky eaters. But like that's sure. Yeah, yeah. But as he grows up, I've never you know seen Goku like actually turn down a meal like and be like, oh, this is nasty. It's like yeah, I'll eat whatever. I'm just hungry. Just give me food. <laughs> you know. Yeah, Goku's definitely the kind of guy who's like, oh, it all comes out the same or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So it's not, you know, I mean, definitely he has a preference for meat, obviously, but like, yeah, at least later on in the series as he's like getting older, it's like whatever you can give me to eat, I'll take it. Look, I'll I'll at least give him this. He thinks the coffee that Bulma makes is soup, which is pretty good. Uh, I I get not being a coffee person. I was definitely not a coffee person for the longest time. And then I drank some with enough sugar and creamer and I'm like, okay, this, this can be good, I guess. I only drink coffee when I know I'm going to be super fucking tired. <laughs> and even then, I'm not really sure if it actually works on me. I've never had coffee, like, ever. Like, I like... No, you're you're, li- you're lying to me no, right now. No, no, I've never had coffee. I like the smell of it, but I've never had coffee. I somehow don't like learning this about you, and I don't know <laughs> what it is. It's funny because like I was like it was tagged in the thing on Twitter where there were like five facts and I didn't re- I didn't think to reveal this but I did reveal that I've never had pie. Excuse me? <laughs> oh my god, you react the same way everyone else does. <laughs> no, I've never had pie like ever. I mean, I mean I say that but like I'm more of a I know this is a very uh very like controversial debate right now but I'm more of a cake guy. I I I I can only do do, do not tell me you've never had cake. No or no I will no this shit. Podcast. No God God. I, I am not Goku. I am not some savage who's never had cake. No, I've had cake. I, I'm just saying I can only agree with you there because I've never had pie. That's <laughs> so, fair. Okay. So I like mean, p- pie can be good, you know. But like, I mean, look, apple pie. Ooh, nice apple pie with like. See, I don't like cool, apples. So, so, I don't, what are you? What are you doing to me right now? <laughs> I don't like apples. I'm so sorry. <laughs> maybe maybe I should start calling you Goku from now on, Mister oh, Piggy no, Eater. No, don't. Mm, mm, I'm not a. Piggy what do you? What eater. do you not like bread either? I, I'm totally you want, fine you, you, with you, bread. You want, you want a few centipedes with your with your uh, with your bread there? <laughs> I just I don't like apples. Yeah, I mean, I think this is I, I think this is our first fight. It's finally happened. We, we, we find, we've been we've been podcasting for years now. We finally found something to fight over: bread and bread, coffee, apples, and um, uh, shit, <laughs> pie. <laughs> so <laughs> we, this is this is what's going to break us up. Not not anime opinions. No, no. I hate to inform everybody. This is going to be the last episode of another day, another adventure. <laughs> It's gonna be the last episode with me. I'm sure Colt is gonna replace me like in a day or so with another person. <laughs> so I, I'm really glad to be have been your co-host. <laughs> I'm 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 going to replace you with like a sock puppet <laughs> and just and just like talk to myself, even though this is an audio podcast and that wouldn't make any sense. You might as well just be a YouTuber because that's that. <laughs> At that point, you're you're almost there. <laughs> oh my god! I hear the ice cream truck outside my door. I'm sorry, I got distracted. Um, 
I'm I'm not going to leave this podcast to go get ice cream. I'm 27 years old. I can't be doing this. Um, <laughs> go ahead, man. I can totally talk no, about Goku. No, 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 I don't. I don't have the money anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm broke. Uh, we should really move on. Anyway, I'll I'll keep all that. Um, so I guess just uh, just to kind of move on from there, like, so I I feel like we 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 mentioned Roshi earlier, and we'll and we'll get to him, but I feel like. I don't know. I know this episode's probably going on a little long enough, and I don't want to necessarily harp on it too much, but, like, I feel like I'm always at odds with myself about how, I mean, it doesn't hold up, but, like, stuff like Goku taking off Bulma's panties and, like, you know, that whole thing with, uh, you know, her, like, revealing herself to Roshi, thinking she still has underwear on, but she doesn't, like... I remember, I, I vividly remember picking up, like, this first volume of the manga and, like, checking it out at Borders and seeing this stuff and being like, this is for kids? <laughs> like, am I allowed to read this? Like, I felt really dirty reading it. Um, I, was, I, was, I was probably, like, 13, like, 12, 13 years old, something like that. So maybe that's the reaction Toriyama wanted. I don't know. But, like, I'm, I'm very at odds with myself. With some of the dirty humor in Dragon Ball, especially the whole Bulma revealing herself thing. Like, first off, how does she not feel that she has no underwear? Yeah, that's the thing that gets to me. Not so much just how, you know, the dirty humor or whatever the thing. I just feel like the joke just fundamentally doesn't work. She would have to know. Because she rides on a motorcycle and, like... She rides on a motorcycle and then, like... And the only thing she she's wearing is pajamas. Yeah, the only thing she's wearing is the long shirt. So, like more i i guess just it, it, to me how does she not feel any yeah, kind of breeze or anything you know, that's my thing that it never really the joke itself never really bothered me and it still really doesn't i mean no matter i i guess whatever that says about me i don't know but like that didn't bother me but it's just this whole setup bothered me because i'm just like there's no way like i could get it if like for whatever reason she's like wearing pants to bed or something but she basically goes to sleep in like a long shirt and the panties so there's no way that she could like go out and realize and not realize wait a second something's kind of missing here <laughs> so i yeah i i don't really get that either um that and like you know we get introduced to roshi i mean i know i'm kind of uh, skipping over a bunch of stuff but we're, we're, we're not meant yeah, to be a recap podcast yeah. too much but i mean like i i do want to mention real quick before we get to roshi that uh I really I I like when they meet the turtle for the first time and how uh he gets his seawater, he just drinks it all up. Um and he he just has this moment where it's like So you see, the truth is I'm a turtle. <laughs> and I and I, I just I love how that moment plays out in the anime and how he like has a pause in but it, it like it, in the middle of his sentence for the big reveal. And how like how how like a big non-reveal it is. Like I just I just love that. Yeah, and I I just lo- I love the character's reaction to it too. It's like it's not your normal monzai where they like scream. Of course, no, they're just both kind of like yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Toriyama's like sort of monzai humor. He doesn't do it a lot, but like when when sometimes most of, like when he does it sometimes. It's it's not it's not as loud as like you know say like how Oda or like like Sirachi does it just to name yeah. a few people off the top of my head like I, I I do like how here it is very understated like 
yeah, I know we get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you know that's one of the things I really like about you know not not going too far. Over. That's one of the things I like about Takahashi too. I mean, I know she's not Jump, but like <laughs> that's like um her reaction like in the Takahashi series when there's a comedic moment most times where somebody points out like a non-reveal like this would be treated like okay <laughs> and they'd go on to the next thing and I and I like that Toriyama kind of embraces that here because I, I was actually like I, I've watched it a couple of times but I was ready for the manzai and just it, I actually was like cracked up more with the fact that they were just like yeah and it's a, it's a lot it's a lot funnier when it's understated i think yeah exactly just the dialogue kind of carried it, it was less the decibel and more just the this the moment itself that carried it no yeah um what was i going to say um but yeah just getting the roshi real quick i i i don't want to necessarily like harp on this every like almost every episode but it is it is sort of a problem i have with this arc revisiting it how like you know i i really do feel like like i'm i'm conflicted because i think roshi is a good funny character um and i think he's a legitimately good character especially as like a mentor toward goku later but like you know i i do i do think we'd be remiss if we didn't call out the like how this some of this pervy humor really doesn't hold up and how there 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 is a legitimate problem with uh with Toriyama, like, you know, sexualizing Bulma, who is a 16-year-old, and Roshi, like, you know, asking Bulma to show him her, un- like, asking a teenager to show him her underwear. Like, that's, that's that that kind of stuff really, that that doesn't hold up today. Like, that that is very problematic, and I do think it needs to be called out on, because it's not good. But I, but I will also say I'm also conflicted because I... I think it's genuinely really I don't know if I'm and I don't think genius is really the right word because I might be kind of overselling it but like I do think it is a it is an interesting move on Toriyama's part that like he sort of uses Bulma's nudity as like a way to progress the story because obviously without her doing that she wouldn't have gotten the Dragon Ball which I know again that sounds I know that probably sounds really awful but at the same time like there is a part of me that thinks, like, at least he uses it to progress the story, which I'm not saying totally makes up for how awful this this stuff is, but, like, in a weird kind of fucked up way, it's at least better than in most anime where it's, like, you know, when you do have, like, very fan service it's stuff, it, it's, it's, all, it's usually very distracting and, like, totally stalls whatever's going on because we have to have an anime character's boobs, like, flop around for, like, ten seconds or whatever. No, I, I think I get where, I get where you're coming from. I feel like this is this 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 is one of those things where I where I really feel like like two two wrongs don't really make a right, but like like it bothers me and it doesn't bother me at the same time. Like I re I realize it's not good, but th- those are just my conflicting feeling. Like I'm I'm not saying I'm this is not me saying like oh well if you have a problem with this you're an SJW or whatever you know. Yeah, um, no, I, I I definitely get where you're coming from. Like. I mean, it's a thing where it's 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 a clever. Oh, well, I I won't say the setup is clever because I still have a whole lot of problems. Like that's the with thing. It. I don't I don't want to I don't want to give Toriyama props for it, but I do I do like like on, on a storytelling level and like how how it progresses the story. I like how it plays out. Yeah, the result. I mean, the the ends do not justify the means, but they're there, and it's like it is in this. I, I don't want to say clever, but. 
At the same time, I don't, I, I feel where you're coming from. I don't want to praise it, but at the same time, I also don't want to deride it completely where it's just like, oh, you know, because, yeah, I like how you put it because it's not, it isn't just mindless fan service for the sake of fan service. It is kind of a thing where it does progress the plot and everything like that. And at the very least, you know, it, it is kind of the long run of this gag, even if, again, the setup, I, I still, it bothers me to set up, but like at the gag, it, it you know something's going to come up with this gag when Goku does remove the underwear. And although the gag itself is like, yeah, unfortunately, it is it it is kind of unfortunate that it is what it is. But at the same time, it there is that payoff and the fact that, you know, yeah, it does progress the plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, like, Roshi, I think, is, is like the definition uh, is like the definition of like a problematic favorite, you know, because... <laughs> That like he does he does a lot of things in this first arc that are really not okay, especially a little later on that we'll get to. But like at the same time, I think it also wouldn't be fair if we didn't mention that he is a legitimately good character, and I I, I do like having him around. But it, but he but he is a product of that kind of trope in anime and manga that I really don't like anymore nowadays, where it's like. I'm the pervy old sage or mentor figure or whatever. It's just, it just, it just hits differently in this, the year of our Lord 2020, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I mean, luckily we don't see too much of that nowadays. I feel like, you know, um, which is yeah. nice. I, I will, it, it's not, it's, I, I won't say it's gone. Don't get me wrong. It's not gone, but it is like, you, you definitely don't see it as much. Anymore. Yeah. I feel like a lot of, creators nowadays that may have grown up on dragon ball or grown up on other creators who watch dragon ball have kind of learned okay no that's not cool you know it's you know it's a thing that happened before and we can't erase it but we can learn from it so and yeah i i think like roshi really is or um i really yeah he is kind of just like i couldn't imagine dragon ball without him Honestly, no, not at all. Yeah. I, I couldn't, but I could also kind of legitimately understand people who couldn't get into the series or just are like, everything about the series is great except him. And I, and I would be like, yeah, I get I, I And that's totally that valid. Yeah. Yeah. I concede that point because like some of his antics are kind of like, yeah, no, really, we could have done without that and been much better off. Yeah, because uh, – like unfortunately speaking, this 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 isn't even like the worst one. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, but we'll, we'll get to that. You know, when we get to that, I just I just want to apologize in advance because what well, we we are gonna have to talk about this again, and it is a thing that I feel like if we didn't talk about, it wouldn't be very responsible. You know. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, we also don't want to like. We want people to watch Dragon Ball. We just, but so we don't want to just be like, yeah, no, this is shit. You know, it, it ruins everything. Don't bother with this. No, we don't want to say that. Yeah, it doesn't like ruin the series, but it, but it is an unfortunate like side effect, I guess. Yeah, it is, it is present and it is something you should, that fans should be aware of. Cause I mean, I, I don't. It, it, I, I don't know if that would be the case, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody did find this podcast buried in the sand or some USB port and, like, say, uh, and listen to it and, <sighs> in the future. And they're like, huh, those old fogies were talking about this Dragon Ball thing. And I should check it out because you never know. Somebody might get into Dragon Ball through this podcast. If you get into Dragon Ball through this podcast, please, please let us know. That would be amazing. Um, 
But um, so just to kind of like go back a little bit, because I, I did skip over, I think, one of the most important fights in all of Dragon Ball, and that is Goku versus Bear. <laughs> of course. A, a bear who looks very much like he belongs in like Fist of the North Star. Like, I, I absolutely love this design. Seriously. It's definitely something out of an 80, uh, out of an 80s manga, and it's it's really great. I mean, yeah, I that it, it was a good fight, and just the fact that like to, it, it also goes to show like Toriyama's like artwork and just how like varied and expressive it is too, which is something I think Toei and I don't I, obviously you know it's the anime studio they have to get like character designers and all this other and all these other people together to make sure it looks like the manga, but I, I can't I can't say it enough that Toei, as much as people shit on them, really did go quite far in making and emulating like Toriyama's art style and just what makes it unique. Cause whether you like, whether you like Toriyama or not, like his artwork is definitely, if you see Goku at a crowd of other anime characters, you're going to recognize him right away. Toriyama's art is quite frankly, like really amazing. I can't think of anyone who even like comes close to like the kind of stuff he does, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're and I'd agree with you really. And the fact that, it's his artwork's amazing without being overly complicated. That's something else that I really have to hand to him. It's so like the manga. Uh, the The reason like I was so like attached to the manga for such a long time is because it's, it's such an easy read. Yeah. Um. But sorry, this this is an anime podcast, not a manga podcast. But uh, <laughs> you know. Um. But so I, the the actual fight itself is like very simple. But I I I love the way. I love the way they animate some of this fight because I, I love the moment in particular where like this guy's just swinging his giant sword and Goku's just like just like dodging it with ease. Um, I really love the way that bit was animated. Um, just in general, I think a lot of the animation for these first couple episodes have been really good. Like obviously, you could tell like you could tell like you know when it comes to like maybe scenes where like characters are just talking they don't really animate too much but like when th- th- they 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 animate where it counts and I, I and it's very like economic that way and i really appreciate that like like the show the show at this point looks very very good yeah and, and it's even like paced pretty well actually now that i think about it because like w- without those extra peel off scenes like you know like they they can only stretch out these early chapters for like so for so long i mean you know, like if they didn't have the peel off stuff, maybe they could have more like Goku Bulma slice of life stuff if they really wanted to. But like, um, and I mean, we're gonna get to a point where I'm sure like the pacing is gonna become a lot more noticeable, maybe. But like, I'm really liking the pacing with this so far. Yeah, I I have to agree. Like, and I would say that the writer, the head writer, like the decision to extend peel off scenes opposed to stretching out, you know, the Goku and Bulma scenes, that was actually that's a clever move. I mean, whether you don't like peel off antics or or you do, I think that that's a better alternative than just say we're just going to stretch out the material some more. Uh, and you know, going you know, piggybacking on what you said about the animation. I'm kind of impressed, and I don't want to sound like one of those old fogies that are like, well, anime was better back in the old days. But, I mean, I have to say, generally speaking, it really holds up well. Like, I, you can tell it's an 80s show. Let, let me not make it sound like it's some timeless classic. <laughs> it, I mean, it's, it's definitely an old show, but, like, you know, just stuff stuff like the little bits of Goku fighting the wolves and fighting the bear and, you know, even him like flying around on Kinta Un, like, 
you know, like a, a lot of that's a, a lot of those bits are really good, and I think are animated pretty fluidly. Yeah, and I and I would say overall, I mean, of course, we'll talk about the series as we get to it. I would say overall, like Dragon Ball, like had really good animation, not really good, but I don't know where not passable, but it was it was good for what it needed to be. Like I don't, I can't think of it. I think it, I think it has good animation, but it's not like. It's 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 not what you know certain fans would call like Sakuga. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. That that's the best way to put it. It's not it's not like super the super duper Sakuga show, but it was what it needs to be, and it stands up, and it still stands up to the test of time for what it yeah. is. But like like I said, it's it's very it's very economic. Yeah, like there's a lot of bits where it's just characters talking, and not a lot of movement is actually going on. But like you know. That that's that's what a lot of anime is. I feel like yeah. There's that there's that uh, contrast, of course. I mean, and one thing I have to say about I mean, this isn't just about Dragon Ball, but Toei in general. I love that they reuse their sound effects for everything. <laughs> yeah, that that is that is very yeah, that's very noticeable. <laughs> like I I I mean, sticking to just Dragon Ball in this case, though, I will say I love the fact that I could watch a 1980 episode of Dragon Ball and hear the same sound effects in the 2020 episode of One Piece. But <laughs> moving along, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I like Toei sound effects though. Don't I, I'm not saying this is to deride them. I just they're just very much classic and part of like Kintu Un's sound that it makes the woo every time and like the little putt putt sound it makes like when it's like it sounds like a car when it's like in um in part you know a car that's like idling like i like that yeah. it, like kintu makes this little put 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 sound when it's like and not in this episode in particular but in later episodes but definitely when goku gets on it and flies around and like i that sound effect is just i i, I just love those toei little flourishes like that no it's no yeah i, I like those too um so I guess it's just a few more things I want to talk about. Well, one in particular I kind of want to save for last. Uh, so just to kind of talk about the peel-off stuff more. You know, obviously after after they fail to find a Dragon Ball in in the in the very dangerous valley, um, you know, obviously uh, Pilaf reprimands them and yells at them. Then he suddenly gets like a phone call on this very very cool looking gecko phone and. We have no idea who, like, called... I'm just going to assume the plot calls him and is like, hey, go find a Dragon Ball here. Okay, cool. Like, that's just that's just kind of what happens. And, like, I have no idea... Who, who calls Pilaf? Who gives him this info? You know, like, this is this is stuff that'll never be explained. And that kind of, like... That kind of makes me angry a little bit. <laughs> I kind of like it, but, but I love your explanation that just the plot picks up the phone. Hello, hello, Pilaf here? <laughs> yes, we've got the location of a Dragon Ball. You should get there post haste. I mean, it would have been even better if we could hear the voice and like this message will self destruct in ten seconds. <laughs> um, so, so that's a weird little thing. But like, they end up going to Roshi's island like while he's out. And, and first off, th- there's just there's just a crocodile just like sunbathing. Yeah, ah, that crocodile's the best thing. <laughs> I love his design. He's like he's just sitting there with the sunglasses. He's in the beach here, just like chilling, like literally like spreading suntan lotion on himself. <laughs> I just love that he's there. Like that would be an you could just get rid of that guy. It would do nothing for the but the fact that he's there. Like, is he supposed to be guarding the island, or is he is he just crashing with Roshi? I guess I, I could just imagine that him and Roshi just like 
we're just up late chilling watching movies and stuff and he's just there in the morning just like uh yeah you know uh man coming to roshi's house is always just bitching <laughs> you know i really i really like how in dragon ball z abridged in particular like that all anyone ever does at roshi's house is just hang out and smoke weed because so- that's because that's totally what they would do in modern dragon ball i think i i was about to mention drugs but i was just like i don't know if i should but i'm glad you went there <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one speaking of Roshi, one thing is just kind of like I I love that like everybody's come, you know, Bulma, you know, I mean, Bulma takes the Dragon Ball leaves, and then you know you have there you have them show up, uh, my shoe and Pilaf show up, and then you know they're like, oh, I don't have it. He's like, I don't have it, and they leave, and he's like, man, I just love that he's just like I should have kept that thing, you know. It, it's just the 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 retrospect that he's just kind of like you know he, he doesn't know what this thing does and everything like that but he's just getting i just like the idea of just roshi's just having his daily life probably is just sitting there smoking weed with with gator dude and they're just chilling and then like this girl comes and asks for his like dragon ball and then leaves and then also he comes back and then these this crew of just strange people show up and they also ask for it i just like the idea that he's just he's having a normal day until all of this stuff happens <laughs> and pilaf is gonna straight up shank this crocodile <laughs> like he was gonna kill this dude then again he was he was gonna cut shoe for farting so yeah that's true he's he's very he's very ready to cut a bitch <laughs> i i also i also love the gag with uh, with the key that can open any door and he just locks the door. That was also a pretty good gag, actually. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so they so R- Roshi like shows back up, and I just I love I also love how like Pilaf just does everything like he does everything the hard way because like he doesn't even he just assumes the door is locked, so he tries to unlock the door, yes. but the door isn't actually locked. And then he gets the idea to turn his ship into a into a, a like like a, like a water ship or whatever. But he has to have, like, Roshi, like, push him into the water to help him escape. <laughs> uh, and then even even she was like, couldn't we have just, like, flown away in, like, our actual plane? And, like, that's a, that's a legitimate, like, thought there. Like, why couldn't you just fly off, you know? Like, he, he really doesn't think about some of these things at all. And that's what makes Pilaf endearing, that he is just, like, he's he's just a constant mood. I mean, how many times, <laughs> is, <laughs> how many times have you, like done a whole bunch of work or done something the hard way just for somebody to be like dude you could have done it that way or for you to realize it yourself and then you like just double down on that hard way of doing things because you're you're already like halfway through or whatever or you're trying to impress your henchmen i mean we all have henchmen come on this that this is 2020 we all have henchmen. oh yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I keep mine in my closet you know for whenever i need them um actually I, I probably i probably should have sent them earlier to go get me ice cream for the ice cream truck yeah you should have see and now you had a peel off moment. That's why he's a mood. Ah, uh, yeah. I should have had my henchman record my podcast for me. Actually, I am one of Sakaki's henchmen. Sorry, he didn't want to be here. I mean, look, like, like I get it. This is a shitty podcast. So I understand. <laughs> but yeah, no, just, just the fact that Pilaf is just like, again, he's just this constant mood of just like, I just, I have to show off in front of these guys or I have to do things the hard way because it makes me look cooler or more leader-like or whatever or just for the plain fact that he just didn't think about that <laughs> um but then yeah he he like basically they all like drown and then like we and then they're dead like we'll never see them again unless <laughs> but <laughs> i guess we'll have to see but uh so yeah in conclusion 
I did like a lot of the Pilaf stuff in this, actually. It, it, like, this definitely hit different for me, you know, compared to when I was in high school and I tried watching these through, like, my Netflix DVD service or whatever. And I was just like, I don't like any filler's bad. It's always bad or whatever. That's how, <laughs> that's how I sounded when I was in high school, actually. <laughs> I like that you have that that sense of humor towards yourself. Yeah. No, it's it's... I've always I, I I make no secret of the fact that I I prefer this over you know Goku punching a guy. I, with- yeah, like <laughs> I pref- I prefer anime original filler over Goku taking five seconds to punch a guy. <laughs> yeah, you know, like that. That's the. I promise we won't get into another tangent, but that that's like the biggest problem I have with the One Piece anime nowadays is that there's 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 not really a lot of room for anime original stuff. So like literally everything has has to take like at least a half second longer than it should yeah and yeah i I hate that so much honestly yeah i mean there there is still that like a little bit of flourish of toei like adding stuff that wasn't in the manga but yeah it definitely is like a sense of yeah we have to elongate things and because as you said there isn't much room for them to do something else they have no choice but in fairness, that I'm sure Toei too would love to just be like, can we just do an MHA or One Piece and you know have it on every season or so, every a core of like 26 episodes, and then bring it back later? I'm sure some some of the animators on that would probably prefer that. Probably, yeah. But Fuji's not Fuji TV's not about to let that happen. So it is what it is. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but go ahead, go ahead. No, I just I just wanted to say so like one of the last things I wanted to talk about so something that uh, that immediately hit me like right before we recorded the show today. Um, so I think last episode we were kind of talking about Hunter Hunter a bit and how like there are a lot of similarities between um, between Gone and Goku, and like the two moments that really made me think about Gone. In particular, I, I saved this for last in case anybody doesn't care about Hunter Hunter, but because we have this, we have we have a moment where like Go- Goku and Bulma are talking in in the house or whatever, and Goku's talking about how like his parents like abandoned him or whatever, and how he's just so carefree about that, and that uh, that in particular really immediately made me think about how Gon feels about his dad. How Gon's basically like, well, if being a hunter's so great, like, like it has to be really super cool if, like, if my dad like abandoned me or whatever, and like how uh, Gon kind of like sees his situation, and then like, I cannot believe it took me this long to realize that Goku's rock paper scissors punch is literally just is just Gon's rock paper scissors like blow, yeah, or the other way around since Goku came first. But yeah, I I do get I do like I hadn't thought about that actually the and you know even to take it a little further with like Gon not being concerned with his mom like when they were when he and Kilo were listening to the tape on when they came back home after the hunter exam and like you know Ging is saying okay if you want to talk you want to hear about your mom then and Gon turns off the tape and he's like yeah Aunt Mito's the only mom I need I don't you know, need to hear anything else. So, I mean, that's less carefree and more just the fact that, you know, both Goku and Gon are pretty happy with their situation. It's not a thing where they're like, oh, wow, we need to, oh, man, I don't know where my parents are or I need to search them out. I mean, Gon does, but more just to find out what a hunter is, more so to find Ging. (laughs) 
Like, yeah. Th- so that that's more like Ging could be anybody, anybody. If somebody were to describe what a hunter was to Golan, I'm sure he would go if his dad was in his life or whatever. But either way, it's just a thing where both of these characters I and we did talk about the similarities between the two. And I'm very sure that that, that um Togashi probably took a lot of his beats from Goku when when making Gon just in a sense of uh if this kind of character were to be put in a not more realistic, but if I were to take this character type and to its logical extreme, what would happen? I I, I do really feel like that's what Togashi's mindset was when creating Gon. Yeah, like I'm I'm convinced at this point that Togashi is probably a Dragon Ball fan because like. Because I, I just realized that one of the reasons I think I really like Hunter Hunter so much is because you could you could really make the argument that Hunter Hunter is basically just Togashi exploring the psychology uh, the the psychology of Goku almost. Yeah, I mean you could almost say he's like just taking the shonen action the battle manga of a shonen and adding kind of like a psychological lens to it to say. Yeah, that this is what a shonen manga would be if you took everything to his logical extreme. Mm-hmm. Like, because you know, there, there's a there's a lot you could say in Hunter Hunter about like about the morality of Gon and how he. There are moments where you could tell that like unless he unless like he like he's a uh, how you're a person that he knows he doesn't give a shit about you. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, and that's very much true and. You know, the biggest thing of that being, of course, that he's upset that the Gideon has been killing people, but he's friends with an assassin. <laughs> and even I think at some point, like even not to Gon, but to somebody else, Kilua even says like, um, no, yeah, it was at the end of Greed Island um, when they were healing like the bad guys of that th- of the Ark or whatever. And like uh, Gorinu is like, yeah, I'll, you know, Kilua is like, yeah, you have to heal them, too. And Gorin was like, why? They killed so many people, you know? And then Kilo was like, hey, well, you'd heal me, right? Yeah, you're, you're a great guy. You're like, what if I've killed more people than they have? <laughs> you know, I, I like just the fact that Togashi does just take these that look at it. But before this becomes a Hunter Hunter podcast, <laughs> which I'm kind of surprised there isn't one, I you bringing this up is really interesting. The fact that I do get the idea, and it's funny, when you look, when you mention that, that the fact that Togashi's first work after um, first work, which would have run when Dragon Ball was leaving, really was less so than his second work, which was way after Dragon Ball's completion. But the fact that, yeah, Goku is kind of like, I won't, I don't want to say, I'm not sure. I would love for some jump historian to chime in here and tell us, but would Goku be like the per- the character that set the trope the hungry simpleton, but some hungry but powerful simpleton trope. I know I'm being really kind of harsh, but in that, saying it that way, but hmm, that's a good question because, like, I guess we can't really know for sure, you know, whether Dragon Ball was like the start of that character archetype. Because I mean, I, obviously, there was a point in Shonen Jump where, like, a lot of main characters were basically just like, uh, basically just imitations of like the 70s 80s action movie heroes or whatever like arnold schwarzenegger and and rocky or rocky um sylvester stallone <laughs> um especially with stuff like uh otoko juku and like fist of the north star and whatnot yeah even jojo started off that way so 
So I, I don't know if Dragon Ball started that, but like it's that's probably pretty likely though. Um, then I guess we can't really say for sure, but that would be interesting, kind of to look into. But, but yeah, that, the, my my point in bringing that, bringing a lot of the Hunter Hunter comparisons up is when I was watching these episodes and I and I and those moments came up in particular, all I could think was, man, this really reminds me of this thing from Hunter Hunter, and like I'm pretty sure Togashi uh, was probably doing something like purpose is like purposefully exploring the like the psychology of a character like Goku through Gone. Yeah, I I agree with that. I I do I do think that there that was purposely done. But yeah, I, I really hadn't thought about that. So that's a good point. Like like I'm I'm just I'm just kind of disappointed in myself that like it's so obvious to the point where G- Goku and Gon's techniques are. Like, or I guess they're be- like Goku's beginning technique. He doesn't really use it much after a certain point, but like, b- basically, his John Ken fist or whatever is like literally what Gons would end up being. I'm upset with myself that I didn't see the similarities in those techniques because they're literally the same thing. Yeah, and now that you bring it up, I'm just like, man. And I and I just did a Hunter Hunter reread not too long ago, so and it didn't even occur to me. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, I, I think we've been going on long enough here, unless unless there's like, oh, I guess I guess I do want to mention really quickly. Uh, if you look in the background, Bulma just has a has a photo of a Raleigh hung up at her place, which is pretty funny. <laughs> oh wow, I didn't notice that. <laughs> so it, it's it's weird. I noticed this two different times because I think I think in episode two. You could see a Raleigh like dressed as a police officer for some reason, but but it's like clearly a Raleigh from Doctor Slump. Um, and then in episode three, when they get back to the house from seeing Roshi, you can see a picture of a Raleigh, but it's like a Raleigh in her like normal outfit. Huh. So so it's like two different like photos, which is really weird. But like those are just like two little Easter eggs I kind of noticed in the background, and I thought were uh, pretty neat. Um. And I mean, going with the Dr. Slump stuff, like, obviously, Toribot makes an appearance, which is literally just carried from the Dragon Ball manga, where, you know, when they get to the beach, like, Toribot's basically like, oh, this is not Penguin Village, which is obviously the setting of Dr. Slump. Right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess, is there, is there anything, like, really quickly that you want to mention, or I, or should we end the show, or... Well, no, I I would just say overall, the episode two and three really gave a good start, gave off a good tempo for what to expect, at least in this mini arc of Dragon Ball, which is, you know, peel off gags and more gags and just Goku being, you know, this really strong, but really naive kid. So I, I will admit that just even after the whole, I mean, we did talk about the panties thing, but even after the whole thing, I just like that Bulma just like fucking pulls out a gun. (laughs) <laughs> and just shoots him just after she I mean, finds rightfully so I mean, honestly yeah, i'm not saying that she was wrong to do it but like she she's she not wrong to murder a kid is <laughs> is definitely what we're saying yeah. no i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, but yeah like i just i mean and she knows at this point that like that's not gonna kill him so like yeah, she does it out of frustration it's not like she literally thought i'm just gonna shoot him to death no yeah but yeah. I just found that whole scene funny that she just like finds out that Goku took off her panties and she just pulls out a fucking gun on him. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. <laughs> but uh, I mean, in general, I thought these two episodes were were pretty fun. You know, again, d- despite some of the Roshi gags and what, or I guess the Roshi gag, I should say. Um, 
I I had fun watching these episodes. I thought they were actually really good, even if not like a lot happened. But you know, the the story is still like progressing. Like they they found they found a Dragon Ball. Like I think finding a Dragon Ball every two episodes is 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 acceptable. Yeah. If it took any longer, then maybe I would take take some issue with it. But again, I'm I actually like enjoy some of the anime original stuff this time around, and I'm actually finding the peel off gags funnier than I used to, and. Uh, and yeah, I I just I just like I like seeing Goku and Bulma just kind of like build off each other. I do I really do like their chemistry. I I just I just think they're good they're good characters and uh yeah, uh, Dragon Ball is just fun and that's why I wanted to do a podcast about it even though I'm sure there's like 15 other Dragon Ball podcasts out there, but who cares? Yeah, this is our adventure. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I everything you just said, I agree with it, like one hundred percent. The good chemistry, good pacing, good. I mean, it, it's just this beginning arc. I mean, of course, obviously, it builds off the really strong uh, manga material, and yeah. the fact that Toei does kind of do their own thing with it and mostly succeed says a lot too. But yeah, mostly the, the stars of this are the characters, though, and they do a wonderful job of just like. Even though not much happened, I didn't. When I finished the episodes, I didn't get the even my first time watching them. I didn't wasn't all like, man, nothing happened. It just felt like, oh, okay, hanging out with these characters is just so much fun that I actually had to see them go. You know, when I was watching this on TV or dubbed originally, but like now, you know, being able to just revisit it like this, it, it is just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think we could probably call it quits there. Um. This episode turned out a bit, uh, just a little longer than I wanted it to, but I think we had a lot of good discussions, so I'm I'm fine with it. Um, and so yeah, I guess um, I guess this is this is the part where we uh, where we plug our stuff. Uh, Sakagi, I'm gonna let you go first. Where can the people find you? Well, people can find me at WSS Talkback on Twitter and WSS Talkback dot uh, it's where the WSS is for Weekly Shonen Sunday. There, we try to sell Sunday as more than a magazine that has whatever Rumiko Takahashi is doing in Conan. <laughs> and I guess we're having some success because people are following it. So definitely give that a follow. And I say this all the time, but if you're interested in writing anything about Sunday or doing anything about Sunday, it doesn't have to be a currently running series. It doesn't have to be even in English. I mean, if you're reading French editions of Sunday manga and you want to just write about that or just have some input, definitely give me a, a holler and we can work something out. Um, besides that, I'm also on Demon Slayer podcast with my buddies V Lord and Marion where we talk about obviously the Kimetsu no Yaiba uh, Demon Slayer and I also write stuff for Tsunami Faithful if you know I've only written two Sunday related things there so I'm redeeming myself and the other place you can find me on Twitter is at Kirobon K-I-I-R-O-B-O-N there's really nothing there other than my complaints about anything and weird <laughs> observations so you could just kind of ignore it I just kind of throw that in as a, a gimme at this point but you can ignore that account it, there's nothing there uh, well, definitely go follow all of, all of Sakaki's stuff, as well as myself. I'm Colton. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SniperKing323. Surprisingly enough, I also do a few other podcasts, which you can f- uh, find on my personal blog at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. I have a page dedicated to basically whatever else I'm recording, including uh, stuff like uh, the Manga Mavericks, 
over at allcomic.com and uh, One Podcast Prevails, which is a podcast I also do on the side about uh, Detective Conan slash Case Closed, which you can find uh, over at uh, the Ask Backwards Anime Podcasting Network at ssapodcast.com. Um, or is it ssanetwork.com? It's one of those two. Um, but look, I mean, look, if you can't find it for whatever reason, I, I have links to all my podcasts again at coltoncorner.wordpress.com. And yeah, if it, just in case you're interested in whatever else uh, we talk about. So there's that. And, uh, I guess uh, as far as this podcast goes, uh, you can, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at another DB pod. That's our official Another Day, Another Adventure uh, podcast uh, Twitter account. Um, do you have any thoughts on uh, on the episodes we talked about this time around? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on the Dragon Ball anime just in general? Uh, you can email us at anotherdbpod at gmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts on anything we talk about on this podcast, uh, especially what kind of bread you think Goku would eat. <laughs> You know, uh, we, we, we would love to get some emails, uh, so definitely send the, send us those your, uh, our way, or just leave, or leave us a tweet again at another DB pod on Twitter. Uh, whatever feedback we get is good, and we'll read it on the show, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, next time we will be covering episodes four and five of the podcast, and uh, I guess until then, we'll see you guys next time. This has been another day another adventure and we'll see you guys next time i had a better sign off last time i think but see you guys later all right take care everybody it's a